Hey everyone, welcome to the Dream Hustle Podcast, the show that shares authentic and unfiltered advice on how to build and grow a successful dream business online. I'm your host, Shana Recker. I'm a business and online entrepreneur, and I love helping women bust through the fears and find the strategies to make their dream business come to life. My guests and I keep everything super real here for you guys with our stories and tips for success. So let's dig into today's episode. Hey everyone, before we jump into this episode, you know, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that trying to figure out how to start an online business all on your own is crazy overwhelming. And getting the right help makes the getting started process easier, it happens faster for you, and let me tell you, it is way more fun having somebody walk you through the steps. So for you guys, if you're just joining my podcast for the first time, you know, my name is Shana Recker and I've built online businesses from scratch with the right help. And now I teach others how to do the same. After years as a graphic designer and studying online business, I realized there is a huge need for this in the world. And because I've learned a thing or two about getting an online business started, I wanted to share a new free three video training series with you. If you head over to shanarecker.com, you can sign up and I will share these videos. They'll go right to your inbox and I promise you they will help you on your journey if this is the phase that you're in. So thank you guys so much for allowing me to share this with you. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to this edition of the Dream Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Recker, and today we have an amazing special guest. Her name is Mindy Hancock, and I'm so excited to share Mindy with you guys. I had the pleasure of being on Mindy's podcast, uh, The Mindy Mission, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really excited to share that episode with you when it comes out. And today, I get to turn the tables and interview Mindy and share her amazing light with you. And just so you guys know who Mindy is, she is the lighthearted, highly caffeinated thought leader with an engaging energy. Mindy has a master's degree in counseling from Lamar University and is a full-time teacher to tiny humans, all while running her business on the side. Mindy has a coaching business where she helps women to balance their full-time careers and their side hustles while helping them step into a confident, worthy version of themselves who are openly living their truth. And I am all for all of that. I love that as well. And it's what we want to do here on the Dream Hustle podcast as well, which is why Mindy is such a perfect guest for you guys. I can't wait to share her with you. So welcome to today's episode. All right, everyone. Welcome, Mindy. So, so excited to have you here with us today. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I love it. And Mindy, where do you live again? I live in Texas. Ah, nice. So super duper hot there. Yeah, it's actually not as bad as it's been. Like this is the mildest summer right now. It is 83 degrees and the high is only 89. Like usually July 3rd, we're like in well into the hundreds. And so I'm not complaining. No. It is, it's comfortable. <laughs> well, welcome. And I'm so excited to chat with you here today. Um, so the way that I love to start these podcasts is to get the listeners to learn a little bit more about you and your journey into entrepreneurship. So if you could like take us back, um, cause I know you're a teacher and how did, how did that trans or sorry? Yeah, you do teach. Yeah. You also have the counseling. So how did you go from what you did in school into becoming an entrepreneur and helping and coaching women? Well, it's been a journey. So yeah, I have been a teacher for six years. Six years. I've been, I'd be going into my seventh, but now I am going to be counseling this year in this, in mm. the same district that I've been in just being in a school counselor role. So out of the classroom, but I'm still working with children. 
I have been dabbling in network marketing for a good while. So that's where my entrepreneurship started. But really where it started was the fact that I was kind of thrown into it. Um, I don't actually usually tell this part of the story, but I'm going to tell it because I usually start with where my on my network marketing journey started. But first, my husband and I kind of started together with, we had some things that happened in our life that we had to figure out ways to make ends meet. We were very much surprised by some things that happened in our life. And we went from having two incomes to having one mm -hmm. and then needing to find a way to, to like pay the bills. So we joined a network marketing company together. It served the purpose for that time. Um, we were we're very blessed at that time um, to have that opportunity, but it was something that we just never felt super connected to. We ended up making our way out of it. I've always been a very like go, go busy person, like normally could not do more, always having to do more than one thing, whether that be like working full time and going to school, something. I'm always have my hands in more than one thing. So when I finally um, started into teaching, very shortly into teaching, I knew that there was something else there. I knew that there was still something inside of me that wasn't fulfilled and I couldn't put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. So I joined a network marketing company, loved it, loved the community, loved the like empowerment part of it and did that for a little while, but still, still started to feel that there was something that was unfulfilled. I could not put my finger on it, but inside of me and what I had been taught and what I had been conditioned to believe I needed more education because that's what was missing. So I went back to school and got my master's degree in counseling and thought that that would be the, that would be it. That would be where that missing link was. Fast forward. It wasn't the missing link. Like I, like, yes, I got the master's degree. Yes. I have more student loan debt, but that missing void did not get filled because I got another piece of paper. Mm. So I was still kind of toying, like I still loved where I was. I was in the business for three years. I did well, I enjoyed it, but thought, you know, is this, does this mean I need to move out of it? Or what, what is going on? So I really dove deep into self-development and personal growth and trying to figure out what is this feeling that I'm feeling. Um, happened upon a coach, hired a, hired a coach, had no reason, had no idea why I was hiring her. I thought in my head, like, this is going to make me feel passionate about my network marketing again. Mm. Something that has just been like my, the fire has been kind of burned out. And now I just need to relight that fire and it's going to be great. I'm going to be full force. I'm going to do all the things. So um, started working with her and shortly on realized that the network marketing was something that I felt like I was holding on to because I was afraid to let it go. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of when I let that go, who am I without it? Because I was that girl that everyone knew that sold that thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if they need it, I'm laughing because I, I can relate hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. So like I was that girl, if somebody knew they needed it, that they knew me and they knew I could, I could get it for them. So I had a hard time figuring out who I was without it. And even when I like, wasn't pushing it, never could re like, it was really hard for me to say I was done mm -hmm. until I realized that where I finally found this, like I sunk into this coaching world of coaching women on how to rock, like how to really, how it's possible to have a, a full-time job or a career nine to five and have a business on the side. Mm -hmm. And so when I stepped into that and realized, cause this is something that I've done for so long, 
that this is something that women need and not just that, but just empowering them in mindset work and, and working through all their limiting beliefs behind multiple things. Mm-hmm. I realized that once I sunk into that and felt in alignment with that, it was, I was, I was, it was easier to let it go. I was finally able to like voice, like I'm done. I'm moving forward from this. But until I felt that, uh, that spot in me, that void filled, I yes. could not let it go because it was this like almost like this safe place that I'd been for three years. I was, mm-hmm. it was so hard to let it go. So fast forward now I have my coaching business, um, that I coach one-on-one have group coaching, um, that kind of thing. I also have a podcast. Um, just ran my first live event called clarity and grace in Waco, Texas. It's been a wild ride, but it's been the best. I, I love that. And your podcast is the Mindy mission. It's it the Mindy, is. Mindy yes. mission show. The Mindy Mission. The Mindy Mission. Mindy Mission. Yeah. It's called the Mindy Mission. And yeah, so other than that, on I'm I'm married. Been married for I've been with my husband for 15 years. We've been married for almost 10. We don't have any children. We have a dog who's eleven. So he is like our old geriatric um, <laughs> baby at this point. So um yeah, so we're just loving life and traveling and doing the things that that make us happy. So then how, you know, cause I'm thinking of, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast, cause a lot of them are in network marketing. And I, I, like I said, I can relate to your story a lot because I was with my, I am still with my business right now, my network marketing business. And I love, you know, that stream of income. And I love everything about it. However, my heart was much like you was telling me that there was something else. There's something else. And so I created this, this coaching business because much like you, I loved coaching and training and teaching what I was learning on a bigger, even bigger scale. How did you, because I know for me, the path to get to where I am right now, I had to kind of do some things that didn't work in order to figure out where I wanted to coach and where I wanted to, you know, specialize in. How did you figure out that it was teaching women this balance between full-time jobs and and part-time gigs? How did you figure out that was your thing? Because I have a feeling there's a lot of listeners who are like in that space. They're like, I do network marketing. I love it, but I know there's something more, but how do I know? how do I know what that is? Mm -hmm. There were a lot of twists and turns along the journey. And like, I thought at first, like I started a blog and thought, that's it. That's the missing link. But then obviously that wasn't. So then when I, once I got into the coaching world, I thought I'm going to coach busy women because Mm -hmm. that's who I am. Right. I'm busy. But then it just, something felt disconnected. I couldn't figure it out. Like why I wasn't feeling good about it. And one day I was on a drive home from my full-time job. And a lot of times after, like if you are a teacher and you're listening, you know what it's like, especially when you teach tiny humans, that you have eight hours of, you know, 20 something children and and constant noise that you get in your car and you ride in silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like that moment of like, I just need silence to just like hear myself think. Um, and so on that way home, I just had this like thought that ran through my mind. Why aren't you coaching women who are doing what you're doing? You've done it for so long. Why aren't you helping women realize that it's possible that you can have the career and have the business? Like you can do both. Um, a lot of people think that when you have this business that it automatically means that you're trying to get out of your corporate job, you're trying to get out of your career. I don't, I don't have any, um, like thoughts or expectations right now of leaving where I'm at. I want to just be able to do both really freaking good. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where 
um, that came to fruition. Like it was literally on a drive, like complete divine, like download, like, Hey, why, why aren't you doing this? And my coach at the time, I immediately sent her message. I'm like, why am I not serving these women? This mm-hmm. is who I have been for three, four years or more. Mm-hmm. Why am I not serving these women? And she was like, you're right. Why aren't you? I'm like, I don't know. So as soon as I sunk into that and like being able to help these women know that it's possible. But then on top of that, even those women who, um, cause I, I have some clients who like have a full-time job and think have this network marketing business, or maybe they are not sure what they want to do, or they just have that stirring in their soul that they want something more. Cause I've been there. I felt it. And then to see, help them guide them through that process of tapping into what that next thing is. I love that. So helping you help them actually figure that out in what you do. Well, we do a lot of inner work and just kind of figuring out what it is that at their core sets them on fire because in the end, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to feel completely connected to. Yeah. And sometimes that's where the disconnect with some people that I've worked with, um, that maybe have a network marketing business. I'm like, do you love the product? Do you use a product? Are you connected? And when they like, no, I don't like, well, then you're not connected. You can't have a thriving business if you don't believe in what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to 100% believe in what you're doing. So finding what really sets them on fire, like what it makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Um, more than anything. And sometimes that's like going back to what is it that you've wanted to do forever? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's something that we have thought we wanted to do, but then we stuff it down because we're not, you know, we can't because we're, you know, not that person that can do that or whatever you want to call it, imposter syndrome or whatever you want to say that we tend to hold ourselves back from that. And we decide later on in life that, that we've, we've stuffed it so far down that we forgot it was there. So just bringing that back out, like, what is it that you really love? What is it that you want to do? How do you want to show up in this world? Who do you want to serve? Do you like, what is it that you want to do? Yeah. And what lights you up and that, that's what happened with me because I started coaching and I started coaching in the network marketing field because I thought that's what I was good at because that's what I was doing at the time was I was a successful network marketer. And it wasn't until like, you know, much like you, I just, every time I would go to coach or do something or create a program, it just never really felt like a hundred percent in alignment. And it wasn't until I caught myself giving somebody business advice and how to start a, you know, online business platform and all those things. And I was so lit up and I was so excited that it was like that light bulb moment of like, Oh, maybe this is where I need to be. You know, it's the coaching and training. I knew that, but it was, I had just had the wrong subject. So for a lot of women, they just need to kind of figure out that piece. It's like, what lights you up when you talk about it? Mm -hmm. Right. And oftentimes it's a former version like you, you know, you said, like you're, you're teaching women what you know, because you have done and been there, right? 100%. Yeah. I was going to say that, and that as a coach, I think that, um, and you've probably seen this too, that when I go through something now, it's almost like, sometimes I laugh because I'm like, oh, somebody's about to go through this. Yeah. And it never feels somebody's going to go through it. Like training, teaching, teaching your women how to do a live event. You just went through it. (laughs) You know, you're going to have to teach that someday. Someday I will. (laughs) Um, And let's just talk quickly about imposter syndrome because I, you brought that up and I know some people who are listening are probably not sure exactly what that means and are probably dealing with it. I know I dealt with that a lot. I don't know about you. Can you expand on your thoughts on imposter syndrome and what, you know, tips you have to overcome that? (sighs) imposter syndrome. And I think with social media, it makes it even worse. Um, Because I will say that imposter syndrome is thinking that for those of you who are listening and are like, what is she talking about? To me, I feel like it's, it's where we think, 
who am I to do X, Y, Z? You know, there's, there's Susie over there that's doing the same thing and she's doing it so much better than, than I could ever do it. Mm -hmm. So who am I to do this? Um, who's going to pay me to do this? Who's going to really listen to me? Who's going to listen to my live video? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And I'll touch on something else too, in just a moment about how I don't feel like, I think a lot of us have this imposter syndrome part of us that we think that, or I've had to work through this, that I, I don't have to hit rock bottom to be able to have value. And I think that sometimes I, I have thought this imposter syndrome part of me that says, well, I don't have the story that she has. Mm. So I can't, I don't have as, as good a value to offer because I don't have the story. I don't have the rags to riches. I don't have the, you know, I came from the rough family life. I don't have the, all of these things. Like I had a beautiful upbringing. I can't complain about that and I can't lie about it. Um, and I, I can't tell you that I went through this horrible time in my life. Like, yes, I've went through stuff. Yes, we've had hard times. But I can't say, like, I, when I would start to compare my story to other people's, I would say, well, their story is so much better than mine. Yeah. Like, you know, they have value. They've, they've went from here to there. They started from the bottom, you know, like they have went from point mm -hmm. A to point Z and whatever, and they're just like killing it. And I don't have that story. So that's something that I had to work through myself and realize that so what I'm going to say to your listeners right now is that when it comes to imposter syndrome, if it comes to your story or if it comes to just like, I don't think that I can do this as good as so-and-so, like, who am I to do this? I mean, granted, when I was host, when I was planning this live event, I had this so many times, who am I to host this live event? Who am I, who's going to pay to come to this live event? Like really, there's probably going to be one person and it's going to be my mom. Like who, <laughs> who's going to come to this live event? And then I realized that I had, I was having to take the ego out of that part of it mm -hmm. because I was making it about myself and not about who it was I was trying to serve. But I want to say that no matter what, you were born with value already inside you. And I fully believe that we each have our own unique value and purpose on this planet. And that's what makes that, that's what makes life so cool. But a lot of us, a lot of people aren't tapping into their full purpose. Maybe they aren't serving the way that they need to be serving. But I do believe that just because I don't have the same story as Susie, or mm -hmm. I don't coach in the same way as her, doesn't mean that I can't coach or have value in my own way. Mm -hmm. so just trying to really work through those beliefs that I'm not as good as someone else. And also having to tell myself that if someone on social media is making me feel less than it's not them, it's about me. It's not anything to do with them and that it's okay to unfollow or to mute or to put them in a place where you can love them from afar and wish them well and hope that they do great things in life. But if they're making you feel less than it's okay to unfollow. I know there's so a lot of people in my life that have had to unfollow. Mm -hmm. um, and you touched on a lot of really great things in, in there. And I think the one thing that when you are really uncomfortable, when you're looking at somebody and you're feeling, you know, I don't know, judgmental or whatever it is, you know, I always, I, I have trained myself and I'm not, I'm not the best at it quite yet, but to say to myself, what is it about what you're seeing that's bothering you? What is it that you're seeing that you're not doing maybe in your life that they are doing that's bothering you? It's like holding up the mirror and going, why does that bother you so much? 
Mm. You know, if that bothers you, there's a reason. And I remember saying, somebody saying that to, um, in a podcast I listened to about, you know, reading negative comments. She's like, most of the negative comments on my stuff I read, I don't even think twice about it, but the ones that really bug me, she goes, I have to look inward and go, why does that bother me so much? Is there an ounce of truth in what they're saying? And do I need to adjust something? Do I need to change something? Or is there something more I could be doing? Right. And so it's kind of like going inward and seeing what that, you know, might actually really mean instead of just ignoring it, you know, and being Absolutely. super honest with yourself sometimes. Cause that's sometimes, you know, a lot of times when I see people who are doing amazing things in their business, my first reaction is, well, why don't I have that yet? You know? And it's like, well, they're probably doing things that you're not doing yet, you know, or like they're putting themselves out there more. Maybe there's more that you could be doing. And then um, I love how you, you know, you talked about ego because I think the ego, I don't know if you've read the book, the ego is the enemy, which is a great book. Um, but it is, it is, it's something you have to be conscious of because it will take you out. It'll stop you from doing the things that you need to be doing because it's, it, it wants to keep you safe. Right. So um, when you talked about, um, you know, looking at making it about yourself, the reason you're not going to show up out in the world, that's, that's about you. It's not about the people you serve. And yeah. so I, I think those are super valid points to think about when you're thinking about doing something and you are passionate about something, but then you, the fear of putting yourself out there, it's like how you're not going to be able to help and serve people if you're worried about what you're going to look like when you put yourself out there. Right. Cause it is scary. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> like putting yourself out there for the first time. <laughs> oh, it's so scary. And the, and I think about this, even when I show up on social media, when I plan something, when I'm doing something, when I'm launching something, if ever, if ever I find that it's about me for a second, even in, even for a split second, if I am going to like make a post or whatever it is, and it's in an instant, I feel this like I need versus I get to serve these women. Like I need to post this because I have X amount of spots left in this program and I need to fill it up. Mm -hmm. Or I need to post this because I'm hosting this event and people really need to come. So I'm not talking to myself and feel like a failure. When I hear those myself saying, even for an instant that it's about me, I stop myself because whatever I'm about to do is not coming from the right space. Mm -hmm. And if I am not doing whatever I'm doing from a place of serving whoever it is that I'm meant to serve or will serve or, um, am serving, then I have to like really take a step back and reevaluate what I'm doing because if it's coming from a place of ego and I have to do this because I'm fearful of failing or fear fearful of this or that, or, judged. you know, being judged or whatever, then it's not coming from the right space. Mm -hmm. And when I'm coming from a space of service mm -hmm. or a space, of coming from that space versus my ego space, that's when you see things happen. That's when you see things, that's when the room gets filled. <laughs> that's when the group, that's when the program gets um, sold out. That's when things happen. But when you're trying to force it because your ego is telling you have to, and it's about you, yeah, it doesn't work. And I think that you brought up a very valid point there. If you're forcing it, like I always find when I'm writing an Instagram post or I'm writing something, if I'm struggling with it and I'm forcing it, I feel like that's a gut check to go, okay, what am I really trying to say here? Is this about me trying to say something that I feel like, like you said, that I need this or I need that. Or when you come from a place of trying to give just pure value, I find that it just, it, those posts tend to flow so much easier. So if you're struggling with writing something, ask yourself, where is this coming from? Why am I struggling with this? And how do I, how do I change the way I'm saying this to become from a place of service versus a place of trying to get like, is this really clever so I can get 500 likes on it today? 
or is this going to help somebody and shift their life? Right? 100%. And I think too, that when we're trying to force those Instagram posts or whatever, a lot of times I will just tell myself, like, look, if it's a, it's a, if it's going to be forced just because like, Hey, you're trying to post, you know, this many times a week mm-hmm. at this time, algorithm, blah, 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 whatever. Like if it's forced, then you might as well not post it. So mm-hmm. just a, if you can't figure out, like you can't figure out really what you're trying to say and who you're trying to serve right here, Mindy, then just nix the post altogether. It's just not going to happen today mm-hmm. or it's not going to happen for that day of the week because it's just, it's, it's better off to not post than to put out a post that's a, that's coming from your ego or from the space of like, I need to, because I have to, then it, it you might as well just not do it. And you know what? I, I've learned that, that the posts that I put out from that space don't get as much interaction or likes mm-hmm. because people re- can feel the energy that we put out there. A thousand percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. And you have to be mindful of that when you're writing a message, you know, doing the posts, writing an email, you know, even before you get on a coaching call with somebody, like when you get on, before you get on with a client, it's like, you got to check yourself, check your energy. Where are you at? And, and then make the choice to change it if you're not in a good space or, you know, like you said, walk away from the post for right now and come back to it later. Um, and, and going back to, you know, being the busy woman who's got the full-time job and trying to run the side hustle. Um, you don't have time. If you're trying to sit there and force it, like you probably only have so much time <laughs> to yeah. be working this side hustle. So get, you know, get authentic, get real, talk like you would talk. Like and even going back to the imposter syndrome, don't try and write something like somebody else because you think that that's the way that you're going to sound important. Right. And this is something I've had to learn. Like, write like you talk. Like I write, like I talk, you know, because that's who I am. And sometimes I use slang and sometimes I use, you know, things that maybe are a little funkier or not proper grammar, but that's just how I speak. And when you write from that place about the authenticity, it's going to flow easier and you're probably going to get a better response because you're, you're coming from yourself. You're not trying to be like somebody else. I just want to throw this in there too, just for those of you listening who are um, maybe working the full-time job and running the the business. One thing that when it comes to like time management situation, I'm just going to like yeah. throw this in there because you said like being busy and then making the post. I really try to find a, a time that I feel like inspired and in flow and create multiple posts mm. at that time. Um, usually I try to create all of my content, um, especially for Instagram like Mm -hmm. in the weekend before, even if I can go further out, I will, but like, then I just go ahead and have it all done so that when I am running like a crazy woman and you know, when I am right now, I'm obviously on summer break, but when I am in school and it's like, Oh goodness, I haven't posted. I have a post already ready. And so creating batch content. Um, I know people have been doing it for years and years and I took a long time before I actually decided to do it. Cause I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. That's a waste of time. I'm not going to sit down and do that. And then I realized that it's the best thing I ever did because mm-hmm. granted, I don't sit down and do it when I'm not like, when I'm not in like in an inspired state, mm-hmm. um, definitely use that to your advantage. If you were like listening to a podcast or you hear something, you see something, you go through something and it inspires you write about it. Like right then sit down, write about it, create a post. You can figure out a picture later but get it out to make a post because those will help you in the end versus, oh crap, it's Friday night. I haven't made a post. I was supposed to make a post today because I'm supposed to do that in my network marketing company. I'm supposed to post X, Y, Z. Um, so 
now I'm feeling like I need to, and it's forced, and then it's not going to come off the same way. So do it from a state of when you're in a state of flow and an alignment and inspiration, and it will help you in the long run. And there are tools out there that you can use. Like I find I've got an app called Dictate. Sometimes I'll even use voice memo where if I'm feeling inspired or I see something, I'll just stop and drop and like speak into my voice memo going, okay, Shana, do a post about X, Y, and Z because it made you feel like this or whatever. And just kind of voice it out. And then when it comes time to go, oh yeah, I wanted to write that post. I've got a little voice memo that I can kind of listen to and then type out the point for a post. So what other kind of tools and things do you have in your back pocket that you teach women? Like, do you have certain tools that you use or are you just... Well, as far as a couple of things, I will say um, if you're in the space... Um, to delegate. Mm. Delegating is a really, really good um, thing that I did. I really honestly didn't think that, I, I mean, I'm very much a control freak and like to do all the things myself. Usually I'm the type of person that if I have to tell somebody how to do it, I might as well just do it myself because by the time I've told you, I could have done it four times. Yes. So I have a really hard time delegating, but I finally just took the plunge and did it. And being able to delegate things that I don't enjoy or don't light me up, um, delegating those things off my plate because I'm busy already. Because I would, I would find that when I was, you know, during the school year before I was starting to delegate things, it was time to go. It was like Sunday night. Oh, tomorrow's podcast episode release. Crap. There's not a podcast episode up. Oh my gosh. Now I got to go edit one. And I remember feeling this like, Ugh, and it began to be this, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. It's fun for me to be on a podcast. It's fun to interview someone. It's fun to record a podcast for the audience, but it's not fun whenever I'm having to go edit and upload and do all the things. Mm -hmm. So I realized that doesn't light me up. So delegate that to someone. So number one, if you're in the space that you can delegate, delegate. Um, I'm sure you can find someone out there, a virtual assistant that would be in your price range or can, um, you know, do X amount of hours a month that like it's can honestly, you can make it pretty affordable. So even if you're like, I don't even know what I would delegate, trust me, once you get started, you'll be delegating all the things because that's exactly what happened yeah. to me. Now I'm like, do this and do that and do this. Um, if I'm like, can you just wash my hair? <laughs> you're like across the United States, but just go ahead and wash my hair too. Um, <laughs> yeah. so delegating is really number one for me. Number two, so anything that I know somebody else can do better than me mm -hmm. and I can afford it, I'm going to, I'm going to delegate it out. Mm -hmm. Um, because in the end, like letting them do, be in their zone of genius allows me to stay in my zone of genius. Mm -hmm. So it's no, no coincidence for me. The month that I hired my VA was my highest grossing month. At, mm -hmm. in my coaching business. And there was no, to me, that was no coincidence. Like I was able to take everything that does not bring me joy and give it to someone else. So it, it made so much sense. So delegation for sure. If you can do that, planning things out, like I said, is, is very, very much key for me. Just like making a plan, um, content batch creation, um, scheduling emails. Like if you're going to send an email, if you have an email list, like scheduling, I think I sit down Monday and scheduled like five emails to go out over the next like mm -hmm. few weeks or whatever, just because I needed to get some things done. And then, uh, also I would say when it comes to trying to do all of the things and balancing it all, I don't really think that there's a sense of like perfect balance ever, but I do believe in having boundaries 
Mm, and boundaries. Also, yes. And so like for me, when I go to work and I am a teacher, I have that hat on. I have to 100% be the best teacher or counselor that I can be because mm -hmm. those kids do not deserve me at my half best. Like I have to be all the way on, but that also means that I can't have my coach hat on. I can't be thinking about the podcast that needs to be uploaded. I can't be thinking about the interview that I'm going to do next week. I have to be in that space. Mm -hmm. So being very like, and so I know some people have jobs that they are able to work their business on the side at their job, yeah. but I'm in a space where I can't do that. So when I'm at work, I have to be 100% fully present. I was that teacher the very beginning of my career where I brought everything home. I'm not anymore. Like that's not me. I leave work at work. What is not done will be there tomorrow. Yeah. And when I come home, that's when I am the wife. Whenever I have a coaching call, that's when I am the coach. When I'm responding to clients, that's when I'm doing that. So I just very much have to separate things for me in my personal life. This may not be for everyone again, but when I begin to like blend and they begin to get a little bit like muddled, things don't go as well for me. Like mm -hmm. I can't be 100% a teacher or a counselor <clears throat> and then, but also be thinking about my coaching clients and doing all the things and be the best I can be in all areas. So I have to do that really well, then be the coach really well and be the wife really well. Yeah. I think when you muddle them, you don't, it's like trying to do too many things at once. You don't do anything really. You're, you might be getting some things done, but they're not getting done well. Right. You know, and it's like multitasking. They say it's like the worst thing you can possibly do because you're not really doing anything well. It's hard on your brain. It doesn't, it's, it's not good for you. It's kind of the same when you're trying to be a teacher and check your coaching messages and then dealing with your network marketing business. And you're, you know, all doing that at the same time, you have to create those boundaries. And some of those boundaries might be like having to turn off your phone when you're in that space, because I, it can be distracting if it's around you and it's dinging and you know, it's like a team member or something like that. So creating those strong boundaries and being present. Um, I think that's, that's such great advice uh, and you'll get farther in the long run. Yeah. And, and here's a tip for the moms, uh, the parents, you know, in the group, cause I know I'm like that too. I, I see red bubbles. Like if I see this, somebody who's got the email and it's like 37,172, I literally start to like twitch. I can't handle any of the red buttons. So I like you, I took all the red bubbles off and stuff. But for the parents in the room, because I have two teenagers and I have a nine-year-old, but the teenagers especially, what I've done is my husband and the two teens, when they text me, they have a special sound. So I know that when that sound goes off for my son, for instance, it's the choo-choo train. When I hear that, I know it's Jack. And so I know that I need to check that because he's messaging me something now, let's just be honest, five times out of 10, it's, hey, mom, can you grab some chips on your way home? But yeah. if he needs me or whatever, I just know it's him. And so that way, if it's anything other than my daughter's sound, my husband's sound, or my son's sound, I, don't, I know that I don't need to, to rush to go and look at it. And that's been very helpful for me because when, they, when they're all the same, it's kind of like, oh, but what if it's Dylan? You know, what if she needs me? You know, that's the excuse that I give myself to make myself go check the phone, right? And now I know. If, if it's not her sound, it's not her and I don't need to worry about it. But yeah, turning the notifications off for sure. Cause I think there's like, there's something that happens when you hear that sound, like you mentally, it's like something chemically in your brain gets released where it's almost like you, it's like an addiction. You have to go and check and see what that is. It's a sad state, but it's, it's what it we come to. It is. Um, yeah. It's crazy to even think, um, I know that like our iPhones now think that it's a great idea to, to tell us 
all of the, the analytics behind how long I've been on my phone and even down to how many times I've picked it up. And that makes me nauseous. Yeah. So explore it into that. (laughs) Oh, don't do it. Yeah. Not, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And you know, I do believe that they're like the future is like, if you can't, you know, do this, like if you can't run your business from your phone, if you're a business owner, mm-hmm. you don't have stuff set up to be able to, like, you're going to be behind because this is where the kids are going. Like my teenagers are on their phones all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. So, um, and I would love to, you know, let's touch on two things before we wrap up. Cause this is like, we could just literally talk forever. Um, right. let's talk about, because your space is the busy woman. So the, the working full time, she's got the part-time gig. And so before we get into some tips that are really going to help her, um, stay sane during that time, let's talk about self-care. So what kind of things do you do yourself for self-care? What kind of things do you recommend? Because I do think that, you know, as a mom, I'm like much like you. I like to multitask. I like to get everything done. I'm like, I'll do it myself. It's easier. I'm all those things. And the last thing that I make time for sometimes is self-care. So let's talk about the importance of that and some of the things that you recommend in that space. Self-care is probably one of the hardest things for women to actually like take the time to do because we think that our, our, the biggest thing is I don't have time. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I get told I, millions of times is like, well, you don't know my life. I don't have time to give myself 10 minutes. I don't have time, but yeah. here's the deal. Everybody's self-care can look different. Your self-care may be getting up at 5am and journaling and doing some gratitude and reading and sitting alone in the silence with your coffee. Like to me, mm-hmm. that can be self-care. Mm-hmm. Someone else's self-care, maybe they're going to take an hour long bubble bath. You do you. Your self-care may also be going to the gym Mm -hmm. and working out, going for a walk, whatever. So the thing is when people say self-care and a lot of people think like self-care is this like self-care Sunday, like, you know, let's let's do all the frilly fun things. Let's go get a mani-pedi, but it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be any of those things. It can be whatever works for you. So if it, if that is getting up before your children in the morning and having some time for you to like ground yourself and get ready for your, your busy day, then that can be your own self-care. It doesn't have to be what everyone else thinks is self-care. So you find what works best for you and makes you feel good and makes you feel grounded and ready to take on a busy day. Or maybe it helps you in the, at the end of the day, like come down and release and just kind of whatever it is that you do. For me, it's going to the gym and just moving my body. Sometimes it's even, I am 100% an extrovert and my love language is quality time. So Mm. even if it is um, talking to a friend just about nothing else in the world, but just like random stuff, like our favorite TV stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or just sometimes self-care for me is is just sitting in the same room with my husband, not even talking, just watching the same TV show together and just being, just being, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So your self-care doesn't have to be someone else's self-care. It doesn't have to be freely. You find what works for you that makes you feel like ready to like do the things and, and feel calm and peaceful inside so that you can take on and be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. And I think the key thing to all of that one is figuring out what that is for you and two, doing it like 100%. 100%. You can say like, cause I know for me, I love to journal in the morning. I love the quiet, like that. What you explain there, that is totally me. I love that. But some mornings I let myself off the hook and go, Oh no, 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 no. You can sleep for half an hour more. You didn't sleep that well last night, Shana. And then I fall back asleep and I don't get up and do it. And then guess what? I have a chaotic morning and things are all over the place because I didn't 
I wasn't disciplined in that self-care piece that I needed to get up and do that thing because that's how my day starts grounded. And so it's making sure that you're disciplined and taking the time to do the self-care. But also I will say too, that in the same time, like not judging yourself. So like try things out for size and if it doesn't work, that's fine. But don't judge yourself that, oh, you know, Shana can get up and she can do all the things in the morning and do gratitude and do all these things and whatever. And I just can't do it. Well, then that's yeah. fine. It's not for you. That's it's not your thing. <laughs> so yeah. And then do that. Yeah. And to add to that, you know, even what I just said to myself, like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I allowed myself to sleep in. I wasn't disciplined in getting up, but also listening to your body. I know it's kind of like saying it all, it's all good and all bad at the same time, but sometimes you do need to sleep. Sometimes you just need to go and do the thing versus what you would normally do or whatever. You've got to listen to your body. So do you yeah. do meditation or any of that kind of stuff? Like I do. Um, I will say that I'm not consistent on it, on meditating, but when I know when I need to do it, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's even at night, if I cannot get my body and my brain to shut off, um, then I'll put on a like a guided meditation to help me calm my body to go to sleep. Um, that's one of the best things for me. Gratitude journaling in the mornings is one of my favorite things to do because a lot of times if I just get going, yeah. like I love to start my day in a space where like, what am I truly grateful for right now? Even if it is the fact that I'm like drinking coffee, like whatever it is, what am I grateful for right now? Yeah. Um, so just starting myself in a place of positivity and gratitude versus like, oh gosh, I got to get up and go. I'm late. Mm -hmm. Helps um, my day go better. We'll, we'll wrap this up with just some of your top tips for the busy woman. But before we do that, you have a mastermind that you do that helps busy women. So can we chat about that first? And let's talk about what you do and the importance of, cause I'm in a mastermind. I know you've been a part of masterminds, um, group coaching programs, mentorships. How important is that? How important has that been on your journey personally? And, and even like seeing it in other people, um, being a part of those kinds of programs. Honestly, a mastermind to me is a space. It's so funny because it's such a great, like you can't really, un, I can't really describe it once you're in it, but I can, all I can say about it is that a mastermind is such a cool container to where like-minded people to get together to just help uplift each other and help each other grow. When you're in this space, it helps, it, it accelerates it so much quicker, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen that in masterminds that I have ran as well, watching these women who just like thrive together in this group setting. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I love to, to watch that happen, but even for myself, watching it happen for myself. And when you're in the energy and in this container of other like-minded driven individuals, you have no other option, mm -hmm. but to grow. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And not even just from the mentor itself. It's like, it's, it, I've had a lot of breakthrough moments just from chatting with other, the other students that are in the group coaching that I'm, that I'm a part of. I mean, the mentorship's amazing and I've learned so much, but then it's also some of the relationships that you create. They, it, it's just, there's so many different benefits that you gain from being a part of a group coaching program. And so what is, tell us about yours. Cause I know you have one and I'm, I'm talk like, let's talk to the there's the busy woman out there and she's got a full-time job and she has been thinking so long and hard about starting that side gig, but she is so afraid. And she's like, I just don't know if I have time. Yeah. So let's talk about how, what, how is she going to benefit from what is that, that it is that you offer? Yeah. So this, 
Mastermind, I um, decided to kind of shift gears a little bit from my last rounds of masterminds that I did. So this one, I changed the name up a little bit. So it's called Clarity and Grace, which is the name of my event, but Clarity and Grace, the mastermind. So basically what it is, it's 12 weeks long. Um, so we have a weekly call that's 60 to 90 minutes with all the people that's within the mastermind. You have um, access to me, obviously, with a little bit of hot seat coaching in there. But then also the other women are going to help you like rise up in this space. But really what it is, is that you're going to be able to gain that clarity around what it is that you are being called to do. So whether you are working a full-time job, but something is missing and you're wanting to shift into something more, you're, you feel like you're made for more, you're going to gain clarity on what that is and, and taking action behind that. And then just being able to up-level your life, your mindset, and your business if you already have a business, but just up-level them all in this container with these other women. So it's, it's going to be a, a really cool space. And I'm excited. The last two rounds I did eight weeks, but I think 12 weeks is the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do 12 weeks and along that you'll have like a private, um, group chat where you can, you know, come for support and love and help and celebrations. It's going to be, it's going to be an epic ride. I'm really excited to see the transformations, um, in this, um, in this container and it starts July the 13th. I love it. And where do they go to check that out? They can go to the mindymission.com. There is a tab for ways to work with me and there is the mastermind there. Um, and then, or you can just find me on Instagram at Mindy L Hancock, shoot me a DM. Honestly, that's probably the easiest way. Yeah. Um, because uh, I can get in touch with you really quickly. I, I answer all of my DMs. So I love that. I love that. Um, and I think that's so great. Like I think when we, when these masterminds that become available to us or even our own that we create, I love having conversations with people who are looking at the mastermind because you know it's like we as a as a group mentor we don't just take everybody like we have to make sure that people are the right fit for the group right because you want to have a great dynamic you want to make sure that everybody's kind of in that same space and wanting the same goals so that we can kind of work together and so it's great that you can um, connect with you personally and have that conversation to see if it's a fit for you before before you jump in so I love that um, and you also have the podcast so the Mindy Mission podcast so that people can check you out there too and listen to all your stuff there I love that and is there anywhere and your Mindy L Hancock on Instagram. Instagram on Facebook. I'm just Mindy Hancock. So nice. And we'll be adding all of those links into the show notes at shaneyrecker.com. So I'm super excited for you. And you just finished your first live event. So that was amazing and yes. inspirational. I'm sure for everybody that was there. So cool. I love that. Um, and so to wrap up then today, uh, you know, last one or two top tips. So for the woman who's struggling in the space of trying to manage work and children and her side gig, what are one to two things that you could tell her right now just to help her get through? Okay. Number one is give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not like you are doing all the things and you're and sometimes that, that, that need to be on all the time takes over or needing to, sometimes we even have that guilt, whether, especially if you're a mom, I know that mom guilt's like, I hear it all the time. Like I'm not a mom, my sister's a mom. So all my friends are moms. So I, I hear that. So trying to release that guilt of if I'm doing this, I'm not as good at this. Mm -hmm. So release that guilt and give yourself grace in this process and this journey of what you're doing and know that you can do this. Um, and then I think that another tip that I would give is a find, um, like find a mentor, find a coach or find someone in your life. That's like like-minded an accountability partner, um, a friend, 
because proximity is power. And mm-hmm. so finding people who are going to support you in this journey, whatever that looks like for you in this season, um, like if it's not a coach, finding a, a silent mentor, if that's something that you need, or finding, finding someone who is on the same journey as you. Get in a Facebook group. You're going to find women who are doing the same things, who want help as well, who want to find, like just want a community. So find someone to ride this out with. Um, and do you have a free Facebook group that people can join as well? Yeah, yeah it's called... It's called the Busy Babe, Rocking Your 9 to 5 Inside Hustle. And we'll put the links to that as well. So if you want just to even jump into that group to be able to get some support in there, all of those are great resources and those are great, great tips. So, and no, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there who are doing multiple streams of income. That's where it's at. You know, we all want to have that, that benefit of those multiple streams. So just know that we're all trying to work together and figure this out and... Mindy's there to help make that um, so much easier for you. So Mindy, I so appreciate your time today. We had such a great chat, lots of awesome tips and um, excited to share you and uh, share your wisdom with everybody. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me.